Hello and welcome to Real Speak Real English with Andrew. English in context. If you've got an intermediate to advanced level of English, you will benefit from this podcast totally in English. You're going to learn idiomatic expressions, phrasal verbs, grammar, and vocabulary, all completely in context with Andrew, the most patient English teacher on the internet. Hello and welcome to another episode. This one is uh, about why listen to English with real speak. Why listen to this? Well, it's language, it's in context, and it's going to help your English go from an intermediate to an advanced level really quickly, or help you maintain that advanced level. So how does this work? Why English in context? Well, I want to tell you a little story about this. Um, when I was younger growing up, this was the 1980s, my grandfather, now he spoke sort of six languages fluently, um, but anyway, he used to sit in his in his living room, in his sitting room, reading newspapers from Spain and from France, like El País and Le Figaro, for example. Now this was the 1980s, so he had no access to the internet, but he used to buy these newspapers and sit and read them to maintain his levels of French and Spanish. He was also learning Esperanto at that time. Um, and he used to write letters and talk to different people to learn Esperanto. But anyway, the French and the Spanish, he, was, he would read articles that interested him. Um, and that's a key thing when you're learning is to find things that interest you. So, for this podcast, I hope you can put comments below for me to talk about things which interest you to help you with your English. Anyway, he's reading things that interested him and he, he would sort of translate or explain what he's reading about and tell, tell me what he was reading about, either in French or Spanish. And I asked him, I said, how did you come to learn these languages in the first place? Sort of six, maybe seven that he spoke, apart from Esperanto. And it was because he travelled all over the world. He'd spent a long time in countries which speak French or Spanish, Russian even. Um, and as a consequence, he was listening to these languages all the time. And he had a technique for getting sort of a beginner's level done up to a lower intermediate level, which is actually a technique I'm not going to talk about here, simply because I use that technique on my own beginner's level language courses. So that would be, um, well, that wouldn't be in my interest. Anyway, he would get himself to sort of a lower intermediate level using his techniques, and then he'd begin to communicate with people in French, Spanish, Russian, German, Swahili, he learned using this technique. And through communicating with people, in context, he rapidly got to an upper intermediate to advanced level in each one of them. And that's how he could sit there and read newspapers and get more language in context in subjects that interested him. It was all done in context. Anyway, this sort of piqued my interest. This got me hooked on languages and I decided I would do well in French at school. Now at that time my parents used to take us to France on holiday for two weeks, couple of weeks every summer and I had the chance to practice my French and use it in context, whether it was something simple like ordering an ice cream or going and ordering takeaway food, speaking to people in the street or the market, but it was using basic French to get by in France and I really enjoyed it. In fact I went on to study French at university. But again, this was sort of learning and practicing French in context. 
and you'd come back to school. I was good at French in school, but the way they taught French there was very focused on grammar. Um, and when you got to a sort of intermediate level of speaking, I found myself questioning which grammar structures to use. For example, if I was using the passé composé, was it a verb with avoir, was it a verb with être? And I was trying to remember the textbook, or I was trying to remember the notes that I'd taken. And this proved to be sort of a barrier to communication. I didn't know it at this time, I wasn't old enough to analyse language learning or language acquisition and how it's done. Um, but I knew that it was a barrier to, to my communicating fluently in French. Anyway, fast forwards um, a long time after school, um, well to 2010 with the sort of Great Recession, I was working in education and the government decided to cut back the funding for education, so I lost three jobs in one year. So we decided to move to France originally because there was no language barrier, I could speak good French. I had to learn new terms like le wifi and things connected with the internet and so on because they didn't exist in the 90s when I sort of finished my studies. Um, but having not spoken French for perhaps 15 years, within a week or two I found that I was at a very proficient level of speaking French again. It came back to me, I remembered it. It was, it was an incredible experience. Anyway, living in France didn't quite work out. We spent a couple of months touring around and it got cold. It, you know, it got into sort of early autumn, late summer, early autumn when it's really cold in the morning. We were living in a caravan that we were towing around on the car from place to place. So we decided to cross the Pyrenees and we arrived in Catalonia. Now my Spanish at this time was fairly rudimentary, you know, like una cerveza por favor and you know, beer please and so on. I could do sort of restaurant Spanish um, and that was about it. But anyway, we decided to sort of live and stay in Spain. We fell in love with the country, the way of life, the lifestyle, the weather, the food, the climate, the sort of openness of the, the people. The people were really friendly and it seemed like a really good place to bring our daughter up. She was two at the time. So in the end, we decided to take employment as a, as a teacher, naturally, um, and put my daughter into school. She had no Spanish. Anyway, she went into school and this was in a sort of Spanish speaking area. She was in there for maybe six months um, as a three year old. And the first sort of three months, she was sort of quite silent, quite quiet. She didn't speak much Spanish. Um, she would kind of invent her own languages, much like babies do when they're learning a first language, and they babble. They make baby noises that imitate the language that they can hear. And she did this, and then after about three months, she just started speaking in Spanish. And she'd never stopped. And I thought, well, is this because she's learning it as a child, and ch children are more adept, or children are better at learning languages than adults? Not really the case she was being exposed to a lot of Spanish and she was learning it in context. Her Spanish that, that she was learning was about the subjects she was learning in the sort of kindergarten and about sort of educational environment. Um, and the Spanish I was learning at the time, I was out socialising with friends that I'd made there, maybe going to a bar with them, talking about different things that might come up on the television. And I'd go home and my head would be sore. My head was pounding with the effort I was making to try and assimilate, to try and absorb all this vocabulary, to remember it. Phrases that my friends used that I would try and remember, 
perhaps even write some of them down in a notebook so if I was talking with somebody else in a different context I could recycle these phrases I could use them again um, and it was all good natural if not colloquial Spanish anyway we moved to a different area of Spain where they spoke um, sort of variant of Catalan so again my daughter went through the process of learning this language three months of silence once again then she started to speak in Catalan and she was still learning her Spanish because at school it was predominantly conducted in Spanish so by this time she was four maybe five fluent in three languages because we spoke English at home um, and she was picking these languages up in context and so was I and this is the idea of this podcast that you can listen to the real English in context and it'll help you improve your vocabulary to widen your vocabulary also you'll be exposed to grammar in context natural grammatical structures so when you communicate and you perhaps don't find yourself in the situation I did with the passé composé um, you know oh, how do I form a conditional well you'll have been exposed to conditionals so if you're exposed to conditionals you'll remember them better you'll be able to use them more and that's the idea behind this podcast I mean I see a lot of um, other English teaching podcasts on the internet that go back to or reflect or copy the way I was taught languages in school which was very much a sort of grammar book focused teaching style um, and when I was teaching in Spain I would do lunchtime classes in primary schools I would do classes in the evening in my academy and I'd get people in who'd been studying English for perhaps 20 years and they still couldn't hold a conversation in English because they hadn't been taught how to speak the language really they'd been taught how to analyze English grammar and translate it into their mother tongue that doesn't help with communication obviously language is a tool for communicating so my maxim as always is to learn to speak a language you need to speak a language you also need to listen to the language you need to listen to it and be engaged by it and you know the same thing I hope to make these podcasts interesting for us so I'll need suggestions from you about things to talk about but also if you're gonna read books or you're gonna read websites or you're gonna watch Netflix you know, things that my grandfather didn't have access to things that I didn't have access to when I was studying French if you're gonna do these things then find things that are interesting for you because it's your English it's not mine it's not somebody else's it's not what the textbook says you're gonna be using English for your own reasons whether it's for studies whether it's for a sort of specific professional reason you know if you're a doctor you might want to learn medical English if you're a lawyer it'll be legal English if you're a teacher educational English if you're traveling then you need a whole different skill set if you're a business person you might need to learn English for human resources or English for management English for marketing so it's your English find things on the internet which interest you find things you can read that are related to why you need to learn English and concentrate on this and then listen to as much natural English as you can things like this the more you're exposed to natural English the better you'll become so yeah I'm not gonna criticize I'm not gonna be critical but a lot of other podcasts or YouTube channels on the internet 
are teaching English, well, not really, they're teaching English grammar. How do we form the present perfect? How does the present perfect interact with the past simple? What's the grammatical structure for the passive voice? Well, if you want to look at things like this, depending on your learning style, it might just be as effective to go and get a grammar book and study it. But here's the difference. When I learned Spanish, I did not go to a single Spanish class every day was a Spanish class for me because I was in contact with the language daily. I had my friends, I had my own business, I had to use the language in various different contexts. So I learned contextual Spanish for what I needed. Um, and as far as the grammar goes, well I didn't really touch a grammar book until I got to a sort of upper intermediate level. And then it wasn't sitting with the grammar book going through page after page of exercise after exercise of boring repetitive grammar points. What I did was I found pieces of grammar that I was perhaps not comfortable with or I wanted to check, to verify, to know that I was using them correctly and on the whole I was because rather than sitting and studying the grammar and getting frustrated and having the same experience with my French with the passé composé, with avoir naître, I was learning Spanish or I was assimilating or acquiring Spanish in a natural way. And that really helped with fluency. Now, the other tricks I did at the time, I say I didn't go to a Spanish class, I did listen to some Spanish podcasts up until, you know, an upper intermediate level. But these were Spanish podcasts aimed at Spanish speakers. They weren't teaching me grammar explicitly. They weren't giving me huge lists of vocabulary. So, And I would read newspapers, I would read articles, I would read things that interested me. Um, and this kind of input really helped develop my Spanish very quickly. So the basic thing here is what I'm trying to say is that what I'm trying to give you here is natural English in context in a way that will help you to progress which is no mean feat, it's not easy. Um, but the more context, more contact you have with the language, the better. And just try and lay off the grammar a little bit. Um, learn how to speak. You could even get a, a speaking class on the internet to help um, learn how to speak and try and use some of the themes or topics or some of the vocabulary, some of the grammar structures used in these podcasts because the more you use them, the better you become. Or if you're one of these people that likes to have an internal conversation, you like to think in English as you're walking or as you're showering or whatever you're doing. Um, it was a technique I used with Spanish. I used to have conversations with myself. So if you do this, then you can try and incorporate or use some of the structures that I use or some of the vocabulary that I use to help improve um, or grow your vocabulary or to increase or augment your grammatical understanding. Everything helps. Everybody has their own technique. Um, but I want these to be as fun as possible. So when you've finished listening to this, hopefully you can give me some stars in the comment section below. That would really help to get this podcast off the ground, to get it started, to let more people become aware of it. 
and you could leave some feedback about topics which you would like me to discuss. So that's sort of a little history from my sort of family experience with my grandfather, myself and my daughter all becoming fluent in languages by learning them in context by not necessarily studying grammar books until you get to a sort of intermediate upper intermediate level so I hope that explains further what I'm trying to do here I hope this has some impact on your English learning um, and I hope it encourage you, encourages you to listen to some more of these podcasts to give me some ideas about things you'd like me to discuss to help you with your English okay thank you bye bye And thank you for listening to the end of this episode. As always, if you'd like to find the transcriptions, please visit our website, www.realspeak.uk, or in the bottom of the podcast here, you can find the transcription too. And thank you for listening. Take care. See you next time.